0: want to also welcome those who are worshipping with us on LiveGate Outreach TV. It is such a a privilege for us to be able to share the word of God through this very simple medium on YouTube. And uh, we also want to thank God for uh, the audio platforms that we have in Buzzsprout and uh, podcasts that are broadcast in iTunes. God has been so good to us. Tell your friends all they need to do is to look for LiveGate Outreach Center on iTunes and they can listen to messages Right up to the, the week, the previous week. We have about 44 messages on iTunes now. We have over 200 messages on uh, LiveGate Outreach TV. And um, you can follow series. You can do a lot of things. You can use them for Bible studies if you like. Some people have expressed those kind of interests. And if you want notes that you want us to email to you for any series so that you can use it to st- help your study groups, just send us an email. Uh, and um, the Lord will bless you as you do that. In Jesus' name. We want to thank God for the series that we have been having on uh, celebrating purposeful gifts and callings. When the Lord told me about this topic late last year, I wasn't quite sure. I had to pray very hard because it's, nothing, it's something that I've never heard. I've never seen a, a person or a church do a series exactly like this. I mean, we talk about vocational gifts. We talk about things. We talk about spiritual gifts. We talk about those things. And um, I I had to really pray to be sure that, you know, I was going to understand what God was saying. But the more we've been going into the topics, the more I see that truly God has been faithful in uh, doing what he has proposed to do. And um, we want to thank God today that um, we are celebrating the purposeful gifts and callings of uh, IT professionals and engineers. And... um, I must say, as a privileged person, as a privileged engineer myself, I have to take my time to make sure that I don't overshoot my time today because I have one million and one things to tell you about how much that profession is such a valuable thing to God. And the whole essence of this is for us to see. You see, I came from a generation where people used to ask when you would get into ministry. If they sense the call of God upon your life and you were doing anything else, things have really changed. Things have really changed. But you see, about 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, uh, if people sense that you had a teaching call, a prophetic call, an evangelistic call, some ministry gift, they, they always asked you when you want to come into ministry. That was what my experience was. In the late 90s, early 2000s, people would say to me, Brother David, you, you've you been teaching for some years. that time, I was teaching already about eight years, leading meetings, youth groups, and stuff like that, young people, marriage counseling, and all those kind of things. I used to do those, and everybody would be asking me, when are you coming into ministry? And I said, well, I've been in ministry, so I couldn't just understand, because the mindset at that time is that you cannot be in ministry and also have the ability to... Either be a teacher or be a nurse or a doctor and those things, and this is something that I believe the devil used to rob the body of Christ for a long time. I'm putting we are putting these things on print media and on, on social media. In 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 time, we believe I believe very strongly some of these messages will be listened to in the next five years, ten years, and it's going to bring about a revolution. It's going to set many young people free. Many young people will understand that they can actually be lawyers and be pastors. They can be insurance brokers and be pastors, leading churches across the world. They will understand that they can be astronauts who fly to the moon and come back and still be pastors. Hallelujah. Because there is no holding back when there is a call of God upon your life. We believe that these vocational gifts of professionals are uh, given to us of whether they uh, be IT, people in security, transporters, like we looked at last week, uh, uh, some time back as well, we looked at medical people, and all the things we've been looking at, every one of those professions on this banner, we are looking at in detail, just so that you can understand how God has sent that profession also as a gift to the body of to the, to the world, and also that members of the body of Christ can be in those gifts in addition, having said that, that doesn't mean that we will no longer have people who simply mount the altar and do nothing else. That doesn't take that out at all. As long as there is the gift of the one talent we read about in Matthew twenty-five, and the gift of the two talent and the five talents, we must understand that that is God's pattern. There will be some with the single, some with the double, some with the what is five quintip, quint, quint, quintuple. I believe I'm right. (laughs) Anyway, that's five, whatever it meant. (laughs) I have defined it. (laughs) Hallelujah. So there will be those people who have multiple gifts and we must, we must encourage, I want us to start to identify children from these very young ages. Let's look at them, those that will have the one, the two, the five, maybe the ten. Those that will be entrepreneurs, that will set up businesses, and yet we can see that they have the teaching gift in them. They have ministry abilities. We can sense that they have the pastoral call on their life. Let us groom them to become these people. Hallelujah. I told you how a man who was in my local church, the church I was born into and dedicated into back in Nigeria... How he inspired me. He was an orthopedic nurse and this man would preach to, he wasn't the head pastor at that time, he was the associate pastor, but there was a way he delivered the word of God that up to today I'd never seen. He delivered it with so much. We didn't have videos then, we didn't have tapes then, this was the late 70s. So, you know, I, I wish I have those records to show you. And I'd be glued. I was six, seven years old, and I was, I was glued to this man. I didn't know that there was something of a transference of spirit, some kind of anointing, some kind of inspiration that was taking place. I had no clue. I just knew that every Sunday, if I knew that this man was preaching, I really wanted to be there. I really wanted to be a part of it. And so I want you to know that God is already dealing with young people here already. We have a role and a responsibility to identify them and start to nurture them in that which God is doing. Hallelujah. And very soon, we will be seeing God manifest greater things in the name of Jesus. So as we continue to celebrate these purposeful gifts and callings, today we celebrate the gift of IT professionals and engineers. This group of people are a wonderful lot. They have transformed our world so much and they are are probably taking the lead in the agenda for transformation of modernization in humanity today our key verses we're going to read those together is second peter chapter 1 chapter 1 verse 10 and 11 talk about it i'm in full control today you see there's nobody at the council. we are we are using what they have given us this is it people now let's read together verse 10 therefore brethren be even more diligent to make your call an election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Then verse eleven, he said, For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. He said, Make sure that you make your calling an election sure. You have that responsibility. I have that responsibility. The Bible says he gave them some talent and he said they should go and trade with it. Everybody with their talents have a responsibility. Listen, friends. It is very serious. If I don't trade with what I have been given, I am the one responsible for what rewards I will not get. Your gift, my gift, Our our personal responsibilities to trade with. The man that had two had nothing to do to contribute to the man that had five in him trading with his five. If the man that had five traded with only three, he would not have got that reward of well done, good and faithful because he would have been found wanting in the two. Does it make sense? The one that had the two went and traded with it and he got the same commendation with the man with the five. So the Bible says, therefore, you make your brethren be even more diligent. Apply yourselves to make your call an election sure. Because if you do these things, you will never stumble. Your stability in life is in being in the place of your calling. I explained this a couple of weeks back. So today, I want us to see the importance, first, to understand what IT people do. IT, by the way, is information technology, and it has grown so massively over the years. As we all know, these professionals, or these experts, they work or study the use of systems. Most of the time, these systems are computers or telecommunication devices in order to store, retrieve, and also distribute information. That is why it's called information technology. So their work has been pivotal to the development of humanity in the past about 80 years. Since the introduction of the internet and the World Wide Web, information processing and distribution has been completely revolutionized. There has been nothing like we are witnessing in our current day in the history of man. The level of sophistication of handling of information and processing of data has so been transformed by this group of wonderfully talented people now of various ages from age eight, nine, you get people who are experts at programming and helping to do these things nowadays, right up to you know any age you can think of. So commencing with very basic text transmission and changing over the last few years, we have seen things move from just having access to databases on simple computers to using the likes of search engines, powerful search engines like Google and uh, uh, search the web, and all the others that are currently there today. Google has so become powerful that many people think it's the only search engine, and it's not. But it's so powerful that data is being hosted in these platforms today, and people can have access to them. Amen. Hallelujah. So IT professionals are now offering us the opportunity to develop things like the Internet of Things, the ability to use the Internet to connect devices, like I just showed you, from my phone here now. Now when we started to use projection in our days in church life about 20 years ago you had to physically mount a computer and it has to be there that you are pressing the thing and pressing the thing and when the person is not pressing right you you almost have a a challenge with them. But nowadays I can control this from anywhere in the world. I can be ministering to you from Switzerland, from Australia just from this my phone you will have one screen that's showing my picture. We've done that before, haven't we? Yeah, I was in Cape Town. Cape, Cape Town, was it 2016 or so? 2016, yeah? I was in Cape Town. Was it 2016 or 20, last year? 17. God have mercy on me. <laughs> it was just last year. I was in Cape Town and we did FaceTime, real life time. Now we could do that and I could still be preaching exactly like this, controlling the things. I'm not saying I'm going to do that. I'm only saying that this is how the Internet of Things have changed things. The internet first came as something that can help us access information and just get things, which it still does. But today, the internet has become a powerful tool that helps us to connect together. Why am I saying this? The church, and I'm saying this not just to us in LifeGate here. The church, and anyone listening to this on the internet or through the audios, let us begin to think about how the church in the next century, Jesus starting to come, will begin to look As a church, we have already started to take advantage of web conferencing. We don't have all our meetings by web conferencing, but we have some meetings by web conferencing because it allows us to be in various places and partake of the same fellowship. We know that we can never, ever take away the place of physical gathering, the koinonia of the saints. That must never be replaced. But we are in a busy generation. We are in a generation where things have changed and things are changing and they will continue to change. We need to have more IT professionals in the church, not people who will, we we don't need to depend on the IT and systems developed by people for the things of the world, and now see how it will work for the church. We need to have IT professionals that are Christians and people who understand the workings of the church and how the church should function and how we can have meetings that give a more of a tactile feel, a more of a touchy feel, a more of a, a roomy feel, That would design systems that would help us in time to come so that we can cope with the kind of uh, challenges that are coming in the years ahead. Please don't misconstrue me. I am not asking or advocating that web hosting should ever replace physical church gathering because that is not scriptural. But we must be real and true that we have people nowadays who work 24 hours different shifts across countries. We have people, we used to have a brother here who was working all the way in Belfast. And he was here every week. He comes for the weekend and he goes and some other weekends he's not here. And so on. This was when we started the church. He was our uh, cameraman at that time. And uh, this is the way the world now is. Very soon people will be finding themselves working across the continent because of the skill that you have developed, especially the youngsters that are coming up. So the place of IT and what is helping us to do in developing things like Internet of Things, smart cities, must not be under-emphasized. Governments are using IT much more now. I read this, an interesting article about the, a, a government in the, one of the provinces in Canada, uh, which is uh, British Columbia, uh, Vancouver specifically. They have now devised a system where you don't need to go to court for everything that you want to put up on civil cases. You, you read that? You have a civil case, very simple thing. Somebody came and he stole your he stole your uh, pot in the front of the house. <laughs> you don't need to go and disturb a lawyer for that one. <laughs> and you have the picture that the person stole it and the person is, ag- uh, is arguing with you and you have the evidence of him stealing it. All you do is you go to that website and you type in, you log in a case, they'll give you a case ID and you say, This person came, stole my... They say, what is your evidence? You upload the photo. (laughs) Anything you have, his address, whatever, you upload it there. And then they will look for the person and contact him. And they will say, you have been fined. With this evidence, you have to... That is all by a machine. All by a computer program. No human being involved. It will say, I caught... It will bring out the section of the law you have violated that is against theft and things like that. And say, now, for that, this is the punishment. You either pay $150 now with your credit card, or you risk going to jail for six months. (laughs) So, And they'll give him the place to go and pay. So this is the way the world is going. And then if the case is so complicated and it needs to be escalated, they escalate it to a judge. Now, this is just a system that people are using. And I'm saying to to us today that we must value what IT professionals are doing, and we must thank God for them, and we must also believe God that more Christians, more people who are God-fearing, will become part of this great great army that are changing everything it is changing everything it's changing the way we teach It's changing the way we learn It's changing the way we drive when i did my driving lessons in this country we had big books that you have to read like that and you have to memorize all the signs we didn't have this computer system that they used to do hazard perception now they I, I, this automatic auto um, auto braking, what was it called? This emergency braking and all those things. We had to do those things physically, and then the the, the instructor will be telling you turn left, turn right. Nowadays, I heard they will put a sat nav and say follow it, because that is what you use. That's what you use. If the man said turn left and you had right that time, now that is you have failed. <laughs> but the sat nav is you can't you can't fail because of that. You listen to it. what am I trying to say? Let us understand that. The IT systems will change the world system, praise the Lord. The IT system will change the world system, and we have to stay a step ahead. This is why I said to you a couple of weeks back, I don't want to be a part of those preachers that are going against the use of smart technology to study the Bible or to preach. These are people that want to set us back. It has no agenda for God whatsoever. Because God is always in the process of advancement. As a matter of fact, God had created many of these things even before man began to embrace them and modernize them. Praise the Lord. And we're going to see from scripture. Engineers, on the other hand, have a very similar role. They also operate within the domain of science and technology and they do the design. Somebody say design. The building. Say the building. And the use, say the use, of things like engines, machines, and structures. Engineers help us to be where we are today. It is the work of engineers that help us to sit on a build, on a slab like this and still have a floor below it, and this one is not collapsing to, 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 to kill the people that are at the, in, the, in the ground floor. It is engineers that help us to drive our cars, that help us to have cars, that have been driven. Again, the work of engineers and IT people are fusing together that we are now starting to talk about the future in driverless cars. I can hardly wait for that to come. I can hardly wait for driverless cars, man. The way I drive, yeah, yesterday I went to London and as I was coming back, I said, Lord, let these driverless cars come in my lifetime. <laughs> I'll just sit down like that, i be sleeping. <laughs> no, happen, it's already happening. When certain were talked about about 30 years ago, people said it can't be. How can something guide you when you don't have a map? Even when they came, some of us still kept A to Z in our glove compartment for five years (laughs) because we didn't trust them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let us understand that engineers are also working. They creatively bring new things out of natural materials. Without engineers, we can have no electricity. Think about it. Without engineers, we will not have cars. Think about it. Without engineers, we will not have aeroplanes. Think about it. Without engineers, we will not even have computers. We will not have bridges. Everything I've mentioned are tools that can be used and are being used powerfully for the gospel today. Hallelujah. Yeah. It takes a plane to allow an evangelist fly between London and New York in under eight hours and be there. The evangelists of old like the great uh, um, Graham, William Graham, Billy Graham, the great uh, Billy Graham of uh, Blessed Memory now, in their days when they started to cross the Atlantic, they spent weeks, months on ships. I've told you a story before. The first time he came on a ship, I think it was about two months, and they stopped him at Southampton. They said, you're a waster evangelists like you should not be going on ships because ship was, there was no, there were no planes that, as much that time, only military planes. They said, you should be going on... You, you, they, 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 when Jesus was here, he rode a donkey. <laughs> you know what he said to them? He said, if you find me a donkey that can go from New York to London, please give me, I want to buy him. <laughs> so they left him alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that you know that people have been criticizing these things ever since. Today we fly, they, 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 we fly in eight hours, six hours, we're between countries. You've held a meeting in the morning, you've come back here the next day, you are holding a meeting. It's fantastic. These tools, even though they are created by engineers, they are there for us to be able to also advance the gospel. It's not just for us to take holidays and do our jobs and do those things. No. Far beyond that, God gave that wisdom so that there is a mandate on man, to on on the body of Christ, to publicize the the, the, the world to the world. Hallelujah. So like every noble profession... Every aspect of technology, whether it's IT or engineering, was pioneered by God. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse nine. Yes, thank you very much, Brother. Uh, Take over. Thank you. Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse nine. The Bible says that. Let's read together now. That which has been. Please read this very well. Don't don't read it anyhow. Listen to this. Let's read it again. That which has been is what will be. Again, that which has been is what will be. Continue. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. When the Bible says nothing new, it simply means nothing new. We only are seeing modernized forms of things that have already existed in the heart of God and through God's hands. Hallelujah. We must understand that the privilege we have today to be enjoying the modernization through the work of IT professionals and engineers is coming to us because God is releasing the more wisdom, line upon line, precept upon precept, so that we can tap into the things that have already been. The Bible says in John chapter 1, from verse 1, he said, In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2 says, He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3 says, All things, say with me again, all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And that is a living statement. Without him, nothing is being made that has been made. Hallelujah. So we must understand, verse 4 says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. When he talks about the light of men, he talks about the ideas that men have. Okay, we don't have verse 4. It talks about the ideas that men have. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So it is so important for us to understand that there is nothing new. This means that all inventions and creativity is in Christ the Word. Somebody will say, but that sounds a bit super spiritual. The reality is that that is just the truth. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What was created, and in verse 2 says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness hovered upon the faces of the deep. What was in verse 3? And God said, Let there be light. Let there be light. So the man who came thousands of years later, 5,000 years later, to come and form uh, light, Thomas Edison, was not the creator or the inventor of light. He should go and read Genesis 1-3. Let there be what? Whether it's light bulb or sun, it doesn't matter. Light is light. (laughs) Light is light. So don't come and harass us that you are the first person to create light. No. There was a creator of light. What you only tapped into is how to bring it to local levels, to bring it to smaller units. That's what he helped you to see. So we must understand. The Bible says in him was life and that life was the light of men. The light of men means the ideas of men. I always say humorously when we meet with doctors and other professionals and we want to pull their legs, we say, you guys do everything. But you know what? God created the world. Then he created engineers to continue the creation. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) We were formed on the eighth day. Hallelujah. (laughs) After God rested, he just formed engineers. Out of the men, he said, come on, you guys. I now give you the power to go on to create. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a joke, by the way, but the truth is that the, the creativity in engineers must be celebrated. You need to see some bridges, some, some, some bridges, especially in Asia nowadays. The Chinese are crossing some very, you know, Chinese are very daring. They don't care. It might collapse, but they will try it. <laughs> I like them for that. <laughs> they are not afraid to try it. So they are crossing very, very dangerous terrains. You see, deep gorges, almost a mile deep. And these guys will attempt to still put state bridges above it, tied from both ends. They will put one truck to try it and see if it works. Then they'll put the second truck and see if it works. The moment they find that every truck has gone, they open it. They'll say, Public, come and go on it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because man has the ability to do. Uh, to overcome nature. Adam was the first IT expert. Do you know that? How many of you know that he was the first? We said information technology has to do with storing data, retrieving data, and distributing data. So Adam was the first IT expert. You don't believe me the way you are looking at me. Go and read your Bible, Genesis chapter 2. God called him. We don't have time. Genesis chapter 2, God called him. He said he brought all the animals. Do you know how many animals were there? All the animals, God, after forming the animals, he brought them to him. He said, whatever he named it, that was it. Is that not database? Eh, it's not database. <laughs> it's database. What, what do they say when they say, when, when they, they, they said that, when, when the person on the phone says that he can't find you, they say, we can't find you on our, we can't find your name on our. Eh? So when he said, name all the animals, he did not say you are you a are dog. And then when dog came again, he didn't say it was cat. So the the assignment of the name dog was given to that animal that he called dog. So when cat came it was also assigned his own unique identifier. Is that not what IT people do? They say you have a unique ID. So the truth is when you look at it in the principle of it nothing truly is new. The only difference then was that Adam's mind was the computer. It was the storage facility. Now we we create the same things externally. There is no difference. It is processing data. It allowed it to hold data. Look at this in the lineage of Cain in Genesis chapter four. Just to tell you that everything finds its roots from the Word of God. Genesis four twenty two. The Bible says, and of read with me, and of Zillah she also bore Tubal Cain. This where the, this was the wife of Cain, an instructor of what. Every craftsman in bronze and iron, and the sister of Tubal was Nehmer. This is it. Everyone that God... This Cain was the fourth man. Genesis, we read his story in Genesis 3, Genesis 4. We know that, of course, we know he killed his brother, which was the first murder. But the truth of the matter is that the Bible makes us to understand that in his lineage, he had... A wife who bore a son called Tubal Cain. And he was an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. Metallurgical engineers today tell us that when they combine metals together, they get a new product that is stronger and better. So that is metallurgical engineering. Bronze and iron. How many of you know about alloys? Did you do alloys? Yeah? You read about alloys? That is what it is. What is alloying? The mixture of two metals. Uh-huh, bronze is metal isn't it iron is metal so if they come together you are doing the same thing today that somebody had done 6,000 years ago I'm only just trying to say this because you see the world is having scientists and technological experts who are puffed up and the body of Christ must not join that trail we must understand that the gift to do these things comes from God they are part of the talents that God has put in man and it must go back to glorify God hallelujah hallelujah This was the greatest undoing of the Tower of Babel. I've said it many times. I've read that scripture in Genesis 11 and I saw that the only thing that was wrong with the Tower of Babel is not that the structure was going to fail in the sense of what they were building, but because the structure was being built with a disregard for God to make a name for themselves. That's why God kicked against it. If they said we're going to put up this monument and we're going to celebrate our god till today i'm assuring you we will still be going there like we go and see Burj khalifa today the tallest building in the world in dubai we will be going there wherever i trust myself i would have reached there at some point <laughs> hallelujah we must understand that there is the indication of all these things that there is the origin that has come from god very quickly in our scripture reading today we read of a story of isaiah Uzziah. Uzziah was an interesting king. Many interesting things about him. I know we can quickly jump to where he missed it and he became leprous. I don't want us to get there. We have got there before. We know it was pride. And this is part of what I said, that when man does not understand where God's position is, it results to pride and then it becomes an issue. But if you read up to verse 15, before Uzziah's life started to become puffed up, You will find that when he was giving regard to God, God was helping him technologically. He was providing solutions that were way beyond his time. Hallelujah. He he became a king at age 16 over Judah and he ruled for 52 years. These were very significant things in his life. Most of the kings in his time, even David, ruled for only 40 years. Most of the kings in his time ruled for lesser, but God gave this man so much opportunity. Youngster, sixteen-year-old—you can imagine a sixteen-year-old becoming the king over a, 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 a treasured nation like Jude, like Judah. I'll pick some verses where we read just to lay some emphasis. Verse five. Isa Second uh, Chronicles, chapter 26 verse 5. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as He sought the Lord, God made him prosper." Somebody say, "As long as He sought the Lord, God made him prosper." This is what we are saying. As long as our engineers and .IT people are giving glory to God, we have not seen anything yet. As long as we can let these systems propagate the gospel and use them for the efficiency and the, the 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 mandate to go into all the world and preach the gospel we have not seen anything yet god will keep prospering keep giving ideas things that we could not even imagine now there are many things i could never have imagined that my, my, my classmates, when we were finishing university in 1989, I, we could never have imagined that all of us would be connected today on, a, on just one WhatsApp group and we're together in real time. We could never imagine it 30 years ago. How could we? There were even no mobile phones. We could never imagine. So at times we're, still, we're, still, we're living in a generation that is seeing and witnessing this prosperity of God. Where God is allowing the wisdom of man to do more, we must not allow the devil who always takes advantage and seizes and tries to pervert such things to keep having the upper hand. The body of Christ must rise up. Whilst we teach about the gifts of the Spirit, whilst we teach about prayer and fasting, whilst we teach about spirituality and service and the things that do with our true spiritual calling, which we must never stop teaching. We must also continue to emphasize that there are gifts in us, gifts in many of us, to be part of this army that is changing the world and the way the world systems are working. They are transforming everything. When I was a little boy... Pilots that flew for six hours flew for more than five and a half hours. Only about 30, 30 minutes of that was, was, was manual, it was uh, automated. Only about 30 minutes. They had to do everything manually. Today is the complete reverse. Today, planes that we, that, that we fly for six hours, eight hours, pilots only physically, manually engage it for landing and takeoff. The moment they are airborne, the thing is flying itself, changes course by itself, follows the weather and everything by itself. These days, the planes have now been given tools, I've forgotten what they are called, that give them the, the alignment by themselves to land themselves accurately. They are in some very important airports now, like, like Dubai, because if they don't do that, they will not cope with the volume of traffic going in and out. So you just need to approach it, ticker system. You just need to approach it, and the thing will align your plane by itself. <laughs> hallelujah, so that they are, not, they are not wasting their time they are telling pilots, move left, move right, that's a waste of time, just position your plane the thing will position it, land you, position the next one, land you that's why they can land two planes every, every, planes, every two minutes so where are Christians, where are believers, taking the back foot thinking that that is worldly, no, let's get involved let's take control of these things, let's see how those things can help us Let's see how we can create planes that we can take into the air and preach. Let's see how we can do things that will help us to land anywhere, that help us to advance this gospel. Let's do the things that will help us to spread the world. We have a mandate on us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Uzziah was a man when he sought God, God was prospering him. Verse 7 God helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabians who lived in Gerboa, and against the Munites, just to show how strong he was becoming. Now, I want to show you some engineering feats that he performed. Verse 9, very quickly. And Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem, in the corner gate, at the valley gate, and the corner buttress of the wall, then he fortified them. The challenge of building towers, even in our modern day, is still there. They are structures that are very tall, subjected to wind, they can easily collapse, they can easily sink, they can easily have a lot of malfunction when there is the slightest kind of change in, in geographical conditions. But this man built them in his time. Verse 10, and he also built towers in the desert, in unusual places. Now, I want you to follow me in the next few verses, parts of the verse. He dug many wells, for he had much livestock. When you talk about wells, you are talking about irrigation. You are talking about water supply. The Bible says he had livestock. You are talking about animal, husbandry. The Bible says he has both them in the lowlands and plains. That's irrigation. He used the water to feed the livestock in the lowlands, those in the plains. He had farmers talking about those who were producing crops and things, and vine dressers. And he was, again, making sure that they had water, because that place was desert. He dug wells. He built towers in the desert, and he dug many wells. So the wells would only supply water to those things that were described by the process that we today call irrigation engineering. So it's not a new thing. Somebody say it's not a new thing. All I'm trying to do on this tape is that whoever listens to it, whoever listens to it without the fear of God, will come to the place where they must fear God. To understand that whatever is making man puff up today, that he is, he is, a, he, he is a self-starter, he created things by himself, is the biggest folly of all time. God has inspired people thousands of years before now to do things that when there were no design codes, no design manuals that we use today, no computers to simulate and design like we do today, none of those existed at that time, but these men did it because the wisdom of God who has always wanted men to be civil, and agricultural engineers like this were there. Verse 11. It says, moreover, Uzziah had an army. This is where information technology is again. Fighting men who went out to war and companies according to the number of their role. Their role. Number of their role. You see that, my unique identifier again? The number of their role as prepared by Jael, the scribe, and Messiah, the officer, under the hand of Ananiah, one of the king's captains. We read from verse 12 to 13 that there were 2,600 captains, that there were about 307,500 fighters. All these people were known uniquely according to their role. What kind of information technology can supersede that? Today, we have them at the instant because we have modernized the technology. But what we're saying here is that God has already inspired this and is still inspiring it today. Unfortunately, we all know that Uzziah did not end well. But look at verse fourteen. When he was still okay, verse fourteen says he prepared for them the entry army shields, spears. Somebody say tools. tools. Say tools. tools. Say engineered tools. engineered tools. So shields, spears, helmets, body armor, bows, and slings to cast stones. And verse. Let's read verse eleven, verse fifteen together. This is the major verse here. And he made devices in Jerusalem. Again, and he made devices in Jerusalem, invented by skillful men to be on towers and the corners to shoot arrows and large stones. So his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelously helped till he became strong. This is how God wants to marvelously help those who will engage with the wisdom for science and technology that will give him glory. When this man was seeking his face and doing his will, he was marvelously helped of God. If you are in that profession or you have a person that is in that profession or you are considering going into any of those professions, taking professional exams in IT and advancing yourself, make this your banner. Make this your interest. Once you make this your intention, watch how God will marvelously help you. Anytime you align what you want to do with God's interest, he helps you. This is a secret that most people don't know. Anytime you take your money and you put it into the things that matter to God, he helps you to make more money. (laughs) He helps you. Anytime you take your talent and you put it into the things that advance the gospel, he helps you. He helps you. This man, as long as he was seeking God, God was marvelously helping him. I pray that somebody here will receive marvelous help. In the name of Jesus. As we celebrate these gifts, we must remind ourselves that creativity and the prowess is of God. And his desire as that we keep giving him glory. Isaiah chapter 10 verse 15. The Bible says, Isaiah 10 15. Let's read together. Shall the axe boast itself against him who chops with it? Have you ever seen that happening? How many of you know an axe? Axe? Anybody? You know an axe? Raise your hand. Some of you don't know an axe. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) An axe. If you, at least you would have been to a butcher's shop where they are trying to cut very large chunks of, uh, of uh, meat. At times they use an axe, okay? Where I come from, we use it for some other things, but I will not disturb you on that. Okay, now, he <laughs> said you can't hold an axe, and the axe that you are holding to cut whatever you are cutting now start to say, no, 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 stop, stop there. Have you ever seen that happen? No, 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 no. He said you can't boast yourself against he who chops with it. That's exactly how man must not boast about technology before God. God is the one who brings the inspiration, we must never boast. He said, or shall the saw, at least we all know what a saw is, okay? In carpentry. Shall it exalt itself against him who saws with it? He said, as if a rod could wield itself against those who lift it up. Or as if a staff could lift it up, if it were not wood. So we must see ourselves as tools. The Bible says we have battle axes in his hand. We must never let pride come in. When we have our youngsters growing up and they are starting to exhibit elements of self and pride and self-confidence. They must have self-confidence, but we must always tell them to always put it in the grace of God. By the grace of God. When your little youngster says, oh, I can pass maths easily. You say, son, say, by the grace of God. By the grace of God. Because God is sensitive to such things. He wants no man. The Bible says he does not like anyone to share his glory. He will not stand it He's not wicked. It's just who he is. He's God. Let him be God. Let him be God. Anything in your life that you find is advancing and making it. Keep giving him glory. Keep giving him glory. Because all he desires is the glory from men. May we continue to give him glory. In the name of Jesus. So we have, as I start to bring this to a close, we have two main tasks as people who are believers and are technology experts. Whether we are information technology experts or engineering technology experts, the first task is to continue to engage with and leverage the modern and emerging developments of the internet, the World Wide Web, so that we can enhance our obedience to the Great Commission. Matthew sixteen fifteen, Mark sixteen fifteen says, and he said to them, "Go into all the what? world and preach the gospel to every creature." We must go into all the world. I cannot fly all the world every Sunday, but these messages go everywhere every Sunday. And we, like I've shared with you a few times, we have had reports of people, not in large, large numbers, but it's interesting to see so far, not in large, large numbers so far, I must say, but it's interesting to see that people in the United Arab Emirates, people in North America, right up to Canada, people in Africa, people in parts of Europe, do contact us and say, you know, I saw you online. Even my very own hometown, right there, my father, my parents, they watch and they pray for us and they are excited about these things. By the way, by the grace of God today, my father is 84 years old. I want to thank God for that. To the glory of God, amen, amen. And they watch. It's interesting. I've not been home for almost two years now, but then the Bible says we should go to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So we must continue to vigorously fulfill the Great Commission through this information, automation, mechanization, infrastructure, and every development that technology offers us so that we can continue to offer these till Christ returns. Secondly, we must continue to point our colleagues to God as the chief source of all creative ideas. When we are in those teams and we are delivering and things are happening, whatever job we do now it's not not restricted to us alone but whatever you do and your teams are advancing and things are happening point people to god find a way to point people to god to be thankful to god nehemiah chapter 2 when god laid on the heart of nehemiah to build the wall, the bible says then i said to them verse 17 you see the desires that we are in the distress that we are in now how jerusalem lies in waste and its gates are burned with fire come and let us build the wall.'" Of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. Verse 18. The Bible says. And I told them. You must tell them. He said and I told them of the hand of God. Which had been good upon me. And also the king's words. You must tell them the king's words. The king's words that you will be the head and not the tail. The king's words that you will succeed and not fail. The king's words that he will be with you. As you engage with the great commission. You must keep telling it to others around you. So they said, let us rise up and build. And on that note, I want you to rise up this morning in Jesus' name.